What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode number 96.4. And we are continuing and concluding our playthrough of the 2018 smash hit, God of War. Today I have with me Matt. Hello, it has been a ride. Yes, it has. And yeah, so we finished it. Um, I uh, For a second there, I didn't think I was going to make it. I know we're, reco- <laughs> we're recording on Friday. Um, unfortunately, we were not able to record yesterday, which is our normal day, Thursday. So I don't know when this episode is going to go up. I'm, I'm hoping maybe Tuesday. I know Ken doesn't like to do two podcasts um, the same day. So we'll see what happens, but um, yeah, um, but I did, I beat it. Um, what a wild ride! Um, t- from where we left off, we were getting ready to go back into Tears Vault, um, Tears Vault Part Two. So, um, if we remember the last recording, uh, it ended with, we were entered Tears Vault, uh, we got attacked by Magni, who was one of the brothers, um, Atreus got really upset, and, um, almost did a Spartan rage, and he fell ill. He kind of fizzled. (laughs) The rage fizzled. Yeah. So, we had to, um take him back to Freya and Freya uh, healed him and then we now had to head back to Tears Vault which is where we left off we're going back into Tears Vault again Um, Tears Vault uh, felt almost like a traditional Zelda dungeon Uh, you you stay in the same kind of area you come back to it multiple times. Um, it was interesting. Um, so basically what we're doing in Tears Vault is hoping to find uh, a substitute for the Bifrost. So it will allow us to go to Jotunheim. Um, and uh, we find it, essentially. So going through this area, we, we, we the, the vault itself is basically... Under the bridge that we use, the the Yggdrasil bridge. Yeah, I think so. And uh, but but while we're there, it's always it's also upside down. So we need to actually flip the. Uh, um. We need to flip the entire vault, and since, the entire gate room, right? Yeah. So since. Um, since Kratos is a god, he realizes he can flip it, uh, but it's unfortunately chained uh, to the vault itself. So we then have to separate it from the chains. Um, there's multiple waves of enemies that we have to take care of. At this point, I have powered up everything. The rest of this game is a cakewalk. Yeah. I think for the most part, the game hasn't been that difficult anyway. There's been a couple of fights that I was just like, this is not fun. Um, 
I, I mean, obviously the Valkyrie fights are insane. Yeah, which I did accomplish. Which ones did you do? Uh, just the first one. I got you. Yeah. Uh, but I felt like I felt like I needed that badge to at least finish one, and I didn't wait till the end of the game. So, uh, you know, it, it was <laughs> it was one of those things where the first time I fought him, I was like, "Wow, this is impossible," and then, you know, you just get better at it, right? Like you just figure out his his patterns and when to block and when to dodge, and you know, in the end, it wasn't really that hard. Her, to, to take a few tries. <laughs> her patterns. Yeah. All the Valkyries were female. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, I, so needless to say, uh, we, uh, at the end of the game, you unlock where all the Valkyries are. Uh, I ran into another Valkyrie, Valkyrie vault before finishing the game. Apparently it was the third one you're supposed to take on. And I was like, yeah, there's no way I can do this one. It was, wow, man, this one goes into the air and dive bombs you and stuff. And I was like, okay, I'll come back to this when I, I'm, I'm better or something. Um, but, um, yeah, I only attempted, I beat Gunner and I can't remember the name that I attempted. Um, but those are the only two I actually fought. Um, I kind of want to go back and do them. Yeah, especially now that I'm leveled up, I feel like there's nothing but my abilities that will prevent me from beating them. Yeah. Right, like I've got everything I need. I feel the same way, and to be honest with you, this game, I feel like I want to, you know, like platinum it. I don't know if platinum means you have to play on the hardest difficulty. Yeah. Um, Did you go and check out the other two realms? I did. I went to uh, what is essentially hell, or, or, or I guess hell. They have Hellheim, but Mesufelheim. Yeah, Muspelheim and Niflheim. I did not go to Niflheim. Um, I did go to Muspelheim, which is um, a, um, I guess, a gauntlet. Yeah, it's just like a battle arena gauntlet, and you constantly climb up the tower to um, unlock uh, crafting materials that you can use for some pretty high-powered gear. Yeah, how, how far into it did you did I, you go? I, I beat the first tier. So I was able to make one piece of the set. So you set. got into his vault. What's that? <laughs> so you got into his vault. I, I, I guess. Here. Yeah, no, oh, sorry. tears. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Tear. T-E-I-R or T-I-E-R. I can't remember how you spell it. Um, I beat the first tier. And yeah, that's all I did, too, just to test it out and see what the realm was like. Yeah. So tell me about Niflheim. Uh, Niflheim. Niflheim is, is strange. It's. All it is, from what I saw, you know, you, you walk in and you, you find Brock. Uh, of course, he's there. Yep. And then he basically tells you, I can build you a set of armor that will prevent you from taking damage from the poison fog. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound all that valuable. And then right beyond him is like a sea of poison fog. 
Um, and what it sounds like is you have to replay that sea over and over again, and you kind of wander through it. You have to kill a bunch of people, and then you collect fog points, whatever they're called. And then once you have enough of those, you can bring them back to him, and he'll make you the armor. Uh, I, I only went in and did it once, and I got my fog points. But I don't know what value that armor is. Maybe it's just really good armor that also happens to protect you from from the poisonous fog. But uh, I, I did that once and kind of wandered around a little bit there and just looked at it. So it almost seems like, again, another dungeon where you just have to go in and, and, and forge your way farther in a little bit each time. And, you know, at the end of that, you get a suit of armor, maybe more. But again, I only did the first set just to just to test it out and see what it was like. Gotcha. Yeah, I, 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 I all these Heims kind of meld together, and I was like, I've been to Niflheim, right? So I just kind of skipped it. <laughs> yeah, that's the other one, right? These are the two: Muspelheim and Niflheim are the two that you have to like unlock. Yeah. Which I, I think I had them both unlocked, but I wonder if when you beat the game, they just automatically unlock. We'll see. I was able to go to Masufelheim or whatever um, before the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I could have too. I didn't choose to, but I think I could have. Right. So um, I should mention that uh, during this time going through Tears Vault... Uh, Atreus is acting like a complete and utter douchebag. Yep, he really was. He is um, basically, you know, once he finds out he's actually a god, he's just like, we can do whatever we want. Nobody can tell us otherwise. And he's a douchebag to Sindri and Brock. <laughs> yeah. And... Kratos is like, gosh, I've created a monster here. Um, which is it, kind of like the classic, you know, uh, parents just don't understand thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and Kratos is, you know, obviously questioning him and challenging him. Like, why are you acting like this? You know? And he's like, you, you don't get it. There's consequences to being a god. Um, so after going through <clears throat> Tears Vault, we do get the um, what is it called? I can't remember what it's even called. It's like the Black Stone or Black something. Um, but it's the key essentially that then opens up the Black Rune. The Black Rune, maybe. Um, but it's the key that opens up the, the way to Jotunheim. So, um, was the end of Tears Vault where we fought the two giant, like, at the same time you have to fight like a, like an ember monster and an ice monster at the same time? Yeah. I guess they're Grendels. Yeah, the, the big, the big giant guys. Yeah, and it was not the last time that they force you to like switch weapons to exploit weaknesses yeah right like you use your 
Blades of Chaos on the ice, and then use a little Viathan axe on the on the Ember or Fire monsters. Yeah. Not that that's complicated, but you know, I I do think that it really weaves. Like it's not like you're learning something abstract every level that you need to use in combat. Like I think they do a good job of your weapons, you know, the way they interact with the puzzles. Maybe not so much the Blades of Chaos, but the Leviathan Axe. It's it's so integrated both into the world traversal, but also combat. But also here, like the the change ups in the combat. And I think they just do a. a it, it it feels very tight. The fact that you have you you don't have a million different things to do a million different things you just have new ways to use your your key equipment yeah that's that's the sign of a good game right there yep but um yeah um so now that we have the key ooh I'm getting confused here. Yep, so we needed the chisel and the rune. Yeah. To open the travel to Jotunheim. Yes. So the, then the last thing we have to do is get back to the summit to take that little portal. That's right. Yeah. And that's when Atreus is acting really douchey. Um, so... <laughs> um. As we make it to the summit, um, we go back into that uh, the caverns of the mountain itself. We have to we have to take the long way home, <laughs> uh, and so um, we run back into Magni, huh. um, and uh, he's really. Um, He, okay, this is what it like. This is what it's like when douchebags collide. <laughs> Essentially, um, Holler he, God five thousand. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we don't fight him, but he's he's wounded, right? Yeah. And I can't. Who who wounds him? Uh, wasn't he still wounded from the last time we fought them? Was that what it was? Yeah, I think so. Okay. But he's kind of just sitting there uh, in the cavern, and he's still laughing and and um, kind of goading uh, Atreus. And Atreus is like, you know what? I'm not going to take this anymore because I'm a god. And I'm going to kill this guy. And he walks up to him and stabs him in the freaking neck with his mom's knife. And, uh, well, he dies. <laughs> he falls over dead into the, the bottomless pit. Yeah. And um, that's when Kratos is like, okay, this is this is it. You need to stop this. You, you Whatever this attitude is, you just killed a god. You don't get it. You just painted... A gigantic target on us. Which really then ties me back into the whole, why is Kratos hiding out here? And, you know, it's been brought up a couple of times that they're in hiding and seclusion, don't want to draw attention to themselves. Or that that would be a problem if they did so. So, you know, this is just another thing. I'm like, all right, is this the 
is this the last straw and now awareness is drawn to them and now they're going to have to fight their way out of the realm or the realms yeah yeah so some of this is answered but I don't think all of it's answered yeah by the end of it I, I don't think that whole line of questioning gets answered I I I um I don't think how Kratos got to here is ever answered. <laughs> yeah. Um, how or or why? Or really. why? Yeah. Why is he ran off and lived a secluded life? I'm not entirely sure, unless it's just for him to escape his demons from Sparta and Greece. It's too big a question just to leave it to that kind of hand waving, though, right? It's got to be. I would assume so. <laughs> I was. I would have said it's got to be a part of this game, but since it wasn't, I guess it's got to be part of Ragnarok. I would assume. Uh, I guess we'll find out. But, um, and needless to say, we keep climbing up to the summit. Uh, Kratos is, has already scolded. Atreus multiple times told him you don't get what you're doing and the way you're acting this is you you basically are turning into the gods that we hate um so when we finally make it to the summit there it is the portal to Jotunheim our our the end of our quest and in comes Balder Mm-hmm. Uh, Balder starts fighting everybody. He, uh, he even, um, uh, I think he injures or he, he does something to Atreus to which then Kratos goes nuts. And, uh, he slams Balder into, uh, the barrier that's holding up the, um, the way to Jotunheim. It then collapses and the way to Jotunheim is now closed. Uh, but that's not all. Uh, Boulder's like, hey, hey, doesn't matter. I got what I came for. And he grabs Atreus and takes off on a dragon. There's a good number of dragons in this game. There is. Uh, in fact, there's another one that's chained up. Did you do that quest? Mm, uh, I started that quest. I couldn't figure out how to actually finish it. Yeah. So, um... We we give chase. We jump onto this dragon. We're having this epic boss fight. In fact, the uh, trophy at the end of this is called Round Two. Um, punches everywhere, beating the crap out of each other, and uh, we we're climbing a dragon while it's flying in the air. Um, as this is going on, um, oh. Atreus is at the top of the dragon. Uh, as we reach him, uh, we are able to knock off uh, Balder at the same time. Uh, Kratos rips into one of the wings of the dragon, <laughs> and then the dragon goes down. And as we both fall to the ground, we realize we're back in Helheim. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and this part a little bit Reminded me of previous God of War games because he's always, you know, messing up mythical beasts. It's one of his uh, specialties, I guess. Yes. 
So uh, uh, we're now back in Helheim, and we need to escape. Uh, the only problem is, is now there's Boulder we have to worry about, because he's also in Helheim. Um, but we do our best to avoid him at all costs. Even if we do a little eavesdropping at points. It's true. So um, now that we're back in Helheim, uh, in the land of the dead, uh, Atreus sees exactly what he did and uh, has it basically pushed upon him. Uh, so the sins of the past come back to you. Um, and Atreus is starting to feel bad for killing Magni. Uh, but then Kratos also sees something. Uh, and it's presented to everybody <laughs> that can see it. Uh, and, um, yeah, we see Kratos, uh, straight up kill Zeus. Yep. Uh, and Atreus pretends like he didn't see it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, while we're also going through hell, uh, we see uh, Balder is watching his past catch up to him. And um, he sees with uh, Freya, uh, his mother, uh, basically, I'll just say cursing him, because <laughs> that's basically what it is. Um, she does it for his own protection. Because she never wants to see her son ha see any harm. Uh, but uh, it makes it to where he's invulnerable. He feels no pain. He can't die. Uh, but it also takes away his ability to live, essentially. He feels nothing. He feels no hunger. He feels no taste. He feels no touch. It's uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, kind of a you know, kind of an interesting but but somewhat common theme right like would you want to live forever well but you know it might not be what you imagined it would be exactly and uh he detests his mother for doing this to him so yeah uh we see his demons coming back to haunt him as well um as we are uh leaving helheim uh, I can't remember what happens, but we end up in Odin's secret place. Do you remember how we got there? We fell through. Ah, it was the boat. Yeah, I was gonna say that the big, the big end part of this level is the is the ship that you yeah. have to take. And yeah, the ship, like a flying ship. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we're, we're on a ship, um, and it's constantly being attacked and getting stuck. Yeah, and getting stuck. <laughs> Um, and then we eventually make it to where it flies by using the sail and uh, lighting bodies on fire, I think is what it is. Is it a pile of bodies? Is it a pile of bodies or is it the, the bramble? Uh, I thought it was just the bramble and then well, it might as well be full of bodies because there's enough bodies that come up on the side of the ship. Yeah, no kidding. Man, I got a lot of hacks over doing this. But, um, yeah, so... Uh, we um, do the boat, and I can't remember what happens. Does this boulder show back up? 
Uh, I thought it just crashed. Yeah, it was getting ready to crash, or not? It was hooked on, and we had to break the the front off of it. Yep. It was hooked, and we had to break the front, and then we crashed. And we uh, land on Tears Temple. Yes, we land on Tears Temple, uh, and it's when we bust in. Uh, we are now in the secret area that Odin had, where he kept all of Tyr's belongings, uh, including uh, one of those um, uh, like pictures that Atreus writes down, talks about. Yeah, and uh, on it uh, we see Tyr, uh, and he's basically taking the um, the leap of faith, if you will, from uh, Indiana Jones. Uh, but, uh, he allow, but because Tyr had those stone glass eyes, um, it shows that he can project, um, basically the energy that is used by the Bifrost and that could potentially be a way to Jotunheim. Now, we also know another person who has those kind of eyes. He's been hanging on our belt the entire time. Jibber-jabbering away. Yep. Uh, Mimir uh, has those kind of eyes, and theoretically we could use his eyes to do it. There's a problem. Mimir only has one eye. Where's the other eye? Oh, well, um, well Odin plucked it out. But he wouldn't throw it away because, well... It's probably worth something. So now we got to figure out where Odin's, or not Odin's eye, um, where Mimir's eye is. So, the only place that they can think of to talk to would be the dwarves. Uh, both Brock and Sindri. Uh, I think this is the part where they finally come together. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, we asked them, hey, uh, Odin probably commissioned a dwarf to, uh, place this eye in, like, a very protective area. And they said, well, the only thing they can think of would be the statue of Thor. We didn't build it, but we know the guy who did. And there was a secret compartment that was put in that statue. I'm like, okay, well, let's go to the statue of Thor. Oh, wait. There's an issue. Um, the statue of Thor was swallowed up by the world serpent. Way, way early in the game. <laughs> so, uh, we then return to the bridge... We summon the world serpent. Mimir asks, "Hey, you mind if we uh, if we check out your insides and see if uh, that statue of Thor's still there?" And uh, the world serpent's like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> Open wide. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we jump into a boat and we swim right into the belly of the beast. And while we're here, um. We, we it's like a little mini dungeon not not really it's kind of like a puzzle dungeon you have to figure out a way to get to 
the the statue itself uh going yeah. through the inside of this giant snake yeah not much of a puzzle no um but we do make it to the statue we get the eye let's head on out as we're leaving uh going through the um uh, the, 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 going back out the stomach of the, uh, of the world serpent, it starts to rumble and the entire boat, everything starts shaking. And we realize that something is going on. We don't know what, but, uh, everybody's like, is something wrong with the world serpent? Well, um, we get ejected out of the world serpent only to find Boulder has basically attacked the world serpent and I don't think he killed it. Right? Yeah, I don't think so. But basically knocked us out of the world serpent. <laughs> and Boulder is very upset. He is ready to end this and he comes to attack Kratos and Atreus. He grabs a hold of Atreus, and as he is grabbing a hold of him, he reels back in pain. What? I did not realize Boulder could feel pain. Oh, there's a reason why. So, remember those green arrows that Sindri gave Atreus? And Faye, not Faye, but Freya made us throw them away because she said that they're very dangerous? Well, if you remember correctly... Uh, Atreus's quiver broke the strap, so um, Kratos tied some of the green arrow to the the strap to hold it in place. Well, when Boulder grabbed a hold of Atreus, he grabbed that part of the green arrow that then stuck into his hand. Well. Those mistletoe arrows can break god curses. A little bit like kryptonite. A little bit like kryptonite. So as soon as it pierced Boulder's flesh, the curse had been lifted off of Boulder. He can now feel pain. He can now feel sorrow, sadness, anger. And he can also be killed. So, Boulder's like, oh, finally. Now I can actually enjoy this fight. At this point, Freya shows up. <laughs> Unhappily. Very unhappy. And Freya is not having any of this. Kratos and Boulder want to start fighting. She's stopping him. She's wrapping him up in... Uh, roots and stuff like that, vines. We and keep... we got a bit of bloodlust here, right? Like we want to kill him, straight out kill him. Oh yeah, he tried to he tried to kill Atreus. We're not gonna stand for that. Yeah, even if he has been a little bit of a prick lately. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I don't want to kill him. So, in order to stop these two gods from killing each other, Freya summons a giant. And by giant, I mean a gigantic living thing, almost like the uh, the 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 like magic, the titans. yeah, like a magic chisel guy. 
Yeah. Uh, and she is using him to basically separate everybody. He grabs a hold of Atreus and uh, Kratos and whisks them away all the way back to where the magic chisel was. Uh, Boulder then, bam, he's back. He's like, nah, nobody's getting away from this. We're having this showdown. Uh, and Freya is not having it yet again, but we are having this fight. So we begin fighting with Boulder. During this time, we have to worry about Boulder attacking us. We have to worry about this giant that's attacking us. And we also have to worry about Freya attacking us. So Freya likes to wrap vines around you and then Boulder beats the crap out of you. Then you have this giant coming, swinging down and trying to knock us over. And then you got Boulder flying around. It's a pretty good end fight with, you know, with, with a lot of dynamics happening, but it's not at all the kind of combat climactic end that I was expecting to this game. Uh, now, I'm sure on harder difficulties, it would be a little different, but on normal... All I did was slash with the Blades of Chaos and block accordingly. Yep. That was it. Um, still thought it was a pretty good fight. Yeah. Uh, it was a long fight. Um, and I guess I mean even more than the difficulty, just I didn't think Baldur was going to be the end boss of the game, really. I didn't either. You know, you, you see him so early in the game that I thought... At best, he's like a lackey to whoever the real behind-the-scenes boss is. Right. Um, Inter yeah. Interesting, because Freya was so integral as well, so it, it does have a a decent kind of narrative thread throughout the rest of the game. But I, I don't know, I just expected something, I guess, more climactic, really. Something bigger. Something like Zeus or... Odin. Yeah, I don't know. Some kind of realm traveler. Or something. That that was my thing was that, and and I, I'll bring it up again, but I, I will bring it up here since we're actually kind of hinting on it. Uh, this game, uh, for being set in Norse mythology with Norse gods, we see three of them. Okay, four. Like we never see Odin. We never see any of the quote-unquote major players of the Norse mythology. At least, I'm not very familiar with Norse mythology, but I know Odin, I know Thor. Um, so, I feel like this was a, a god game, god of war game, on a very small scale in the grand scheme of things, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and I wonder if that was intentional because it was really like a reboot of the God of War series, right? And did they just not want to crank it to 11 on the first game I, to, you know, to build into this mythology? I'm not entirely sure, um, but I, I don't mind it. So I'm not trying to say that yeah. because it's yeah. scaled down, I don't, I don't like it. I'm fine with it. It, yeah. feels... it wasn't quite what I expected, but I didn't mind it. Yeah. It, it feels like I was expecting, oh, okay, well, we killed Baldur. All right, now, now we're going to go kill Thor. We're going to kill all these gods and then eventually make it to Odin and he'll be the final boss. 
Um, but uh, yeah, that didn't happen. Or your other theory: we'll fight Loki in the end. Yeah, yeah, Loki's behind it all, right? <laughs> um, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, so yeah, final boss fight. So while I, while this was going on, I was like, okay, this th- this is probably the final boss fight. I can f- I can tell that this is like his health bar goes clear across the screen. So yeah, yeah. this is this has got to be the last boss, and, and I kind of felt it felt epic enough yep. to be the boss fight. And it's structured that way, right? It's not just a one on one. You do have the other other variables in there. Yeah. So um, after uh, beating Balder, um, he's not dead. Uh, Freya is still trying to intervene, um, but we man. Like there's Kratos stabbing him and, and Atreus is flipping around him and shooting arrows into him. And I mean, we're doing some major damage to him. And in the end, Freya is like, all right, freaking stop it right now. And Boulder turns to Freya and is saying, I have been waiting for this for a long time. And I'm ready to kill you. <laughs> so he he walks up to Freya. Not a lot of happy families in these games. Not particularly. Uh, and while Freya is basically you know, telling her side of the story, Boulder doesn't really care. She's like, look, if it'll make you happy, which is all I want, you can go ahead and kill me. So he starts to choke her to death. Kratos intervenes. Now all of a sudden a man of morals. Yeah. He intervenes and stops Balder from doing this. Permanently. Yes. He grabs a hold of Balder, puts him in a chokehold, and tells him this ends now, and then snaps his neck. Now, fun fact. I pause the game as he is snapping Boulder's neck. I then went into the photo mode and changed all of Kratos' faces. <laughs> I, le- I really like the one where he's smiling. <laughs> but um, anyway, I-, I did do that because it was funny. Um, but yeah, we snap his neck. Boulder is dead. And Freya... Not like before, actually dead this time. Yeah, no, no. He's he's straight up dead now. Like, he's not coming back. Freya realizes this as well. And says, no matter where you are, no matter where you go, no matter what you do or say, I'm going to rain every friggin' curse that could ever be inflicted on you. And I will not stop until you beg for me to kill you. <laughs> And uh, Kratos is like, it had to be done. This guy was not going to stop. He was going to kill you. That's not right. And she is overtaken by grief and anger. She then picks up Boulder and carries him off. Kratos and Atreus are then like, okay, 
Can we please go to Jodenheim now? <laughs> <laughs> I like how Atreus basically, you know, is asking, you know, some of the moral questions. Did we do the right thing? You know, why, you know, he, he was going to kill her. Why is she so angry with you? And Kratos basically, if I remember correctly, just says, she'll get over it. <laughs> like, you know, she's, you know, it, it was her son and she would do anything for him, blah, blah, blah. She just... You know, and at the moment, that's all she can see is the loss. And I was just like, yeah, that's my, my takeaway of his impression was she'll get over it. I was like, damn, he do, he does. He said that well, I think he does mention like um, she'll heal or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. But I'm just thinking she needs time to heal. I'm just thinking, what if it was you and Atreus? Yep. You know, what if the tables were turned? You know. So I, I don't know, but um, I decided not to take a um, a portal. I decided to go the long way, so I rode my boat. Um, but eventually we make it back to uh, the bridge. We can now. Uh, set up the the bridge to go to Jotunheim. We can use Mimir's eyes to reflect the energy to open the portal. Uh, and in doing so, we open up the door to Jotunheim. Um, Kratos and Atreus decide to leave Mimir behind with Brock and Sindri because they want to do this alone. Um, so we then begin to ascend through Jotunheim. It's a long staircase that leads into a temple. Uh, this temple, um, is, uh, the temple of the giants. So Jotunheim is the land of the giants. And, uh, uh, this temple is basically chronologically, uh, telling a story. Now we don't get the entire story just yet. Um, but as we are about to get ready to go through this entryway that leads to the peak of Jotunheim, Atreus touches the um, uh, the markings and the runes on the wall, and it then reveals magically the story. And uh, the story which obviously has been around for a long, long time, prophesizes a god from another realm coming to Midgard, fathering a son, and killing Balder, which legit just happened about 30 minutes ago. And they're like, what? How, how, are we, how is this possible? It also details who Faye was exactly. And it shows Faye um, talking with the giants and essentially being cast out. I think she was cast out because she was trying to get the giants and the gods to play well together. But it didn't actually happen. So, come to find out, Faye was actually a giant, which makes Atreus part giant and part god. 
so after reading up on that, we then uh, walk to the peak. We spread phase ashes across the realms and together together and uh the credits begin to roll as we make our way back through the temple as we are making our way back through the temple uh atreus mentions uh that the uh the prophecy called him a different name and uh the name translates to loki which boom which there you go. Uh, yeah which uh Kratos said uh that was what your mother wanted to name you but I decided against it and we called you Atreus instead for a Spartan warrior so and then Atreus asked something about you know was was the warrior that I'm named after strong and you know, and, and Kratos gives him the whole history of Sparta, and yeah, they were all strong. A little bit of a uh, little, little bit of history, I guess, from that side. You know, it's it's just one of those moments where you do get a bit of tenderness and rationale, and I I, I did I liked when Atreus at the end of that goes, oh wow, you, that was the first time you've told a good story. And poor Mimir wasn't even around to hear it. <laughs> But, um, yeah, Atreus was apparently the Spartan warrior who was not only strong, but he kept all of the soldiers uh, in good spirits because he was always smiling. And when he finally died, he was given all the accommodations that the greatest of warriors would have gotten. So, as my theory went I I was right Loki was with us the whole time quite the trickster quite the trickster indeed so much in fact that Loki believed his own lie (laughs) (laughs) so yeah there you go Um, did not see that coming yeah I didn't either so, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going by the little Norse mythology that I do know, which comes from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Huh. Isn't Loki and Thor brothers? Definitely in Marvel. Okay. I don't know if it is in Norse mythology or not, but let me take a look. And Loki in mythology. The most important Norse gods, Thor, Loki, and Odin. The son of Odin and husband to the golden-haired goddess Sif, Thor was famous for relentlessly pursuing his foes. These foes were Juntar, Ambiguous beings who in Norse mythology may be friends, enemies, or even relatives of gods. In Thor's case, he also had a lover who was a Jutan named Jarnsaksa. Holy crap. (laughs) 
Uh, generally described sporting a red beard and red hair, Thor was portrayed as being fierce-eyed. It is perhaps unsurprising then that he is associated with thunder, lightning, oak trees, the protection of mankind, and strength in general. What is surprising, however, is the fact that he is also associated with the how hollowing and fertility concepts that seem odds some of the other parts of his reputation. Let's see here. Loki. Loki is a god, but a bad one, known uh, for the many crimes he's committed against his peers among them, having whittled his way into becoming Odin's blood brother. Hmm. A shapeshifter, Loki fathered and mothered many different creatures and animals while in different forms, including Odin's steed. He is also known for fathering hell and being... Uh, the being who presided over the realm of the same name. In one text, Hell is described as having been given the job by Odin himself. Despite his bad reputation, Loki was sometimes described as assisting his fellow gods, depending on the Norse source. Uh, but this all ended with the role he played in the death of Baldur, the son of Odin and Frigg. In the crime considered his worst of all, Loki gave a spear to Baldur's blind brother, Hor, Hor, which he inadvertently used to kill his brother. As punishment, Loki was forced to lay bound under a serpent that dripped venom on him. Hmm. So that didn't help me out at all. Yeah, I don't think much of that happened in the game. According to Pros Edda by Sornori Storlson, Loki is the step-brother of Odin. Thor is not Loki's brother in any way, shape, or form. They did not share a childhood together, not even an adopted childhood. Loki is a frost giant who impressed Odin on the high throne, according to Pros Edda. Interesting. So... According to this, Loki's not even a god. He's a frost giant. And he is the stepbrother of Odin, according to the myth. Huh. Okay. Uh, I guess it depends on the translation. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Neither one of us, I guess, were quite right with our endings, but Loki did show up. Yes. And Ragnarok was announced before we finished the game, so I'm going to call that at least 5% of a win. <laughs> it's just unrelated to this game completely, but it, it's happening. So, we're not done just yet. Yeah, not quite. So, uh, as we still return uh, to the bridge, uh, we travel back to Midgar. Uh, we find uh, Mimir, his... He's just his head is just laying there on the ground. We don't know where Brock and Sindri are. Mamir then warns us, "Hey, um, you guys have been gone for a while." To which you're like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, um, it started to snow, and um, the this snow is going to be different." Because this is the beginning of the winter, the the final winter, the winter that lasts for three summers, and after that, Ragnarok begins. So we don't know how long we've been um, up there in that tower, 
but uh, we come back. Brock and Sindri are talking about the snow, and um, well, this is a bad omen. Uh, and uh, yeah, we do get the uh, the message saying congratulations on beating God of War. We have now unlocked pretty much everything for you. Go and do yep. the rest of your stuff. To which I was like, okay, um, I guess I can save here. To which, for some odd reason, I said, let's go home. Come full circle from the start of the game? Yeah, I, I don't know why. I just felt like there's got to... I have not actually got credits that play, you know, you sit through. Because the credits that they showed were just us walking back to the to the bridge. Yeah, which was an interesting way to do it because it was a decent amount of credits. It's true. Like end game credits, but you play through it. Yeah. So I went back home, which haha, uh for those of you who don't know, uh there is kind of a secret ending to this game. Um when you go back home, you have the option to rest. So uh Kratos and Atreus sit down, they lay down to uh, go to sleep. They're both very tired. They fall asleep. And then it pops up years <laughs> later. Three years, right? Yes. And there's a storm brewing outside. Kratos wakes up. He's like, whoa, what's going on? And the storm, it's almost like a hurricane's coming through. Which I know this was a tense moment, but my first thought was, man, they look exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> you were you were you imagining a comical beard on Atreus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden he's like a lanky teen or something. Yeah. Uh so um <laughs> um yeah, so we uh as we make it to the front door, um the 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 front door swings open and there is a man standing out in the front yard. There is a storm brewing. I mean, it's like going crazy. The wind's blowing, lightning striking everywhere. And Kratos looks at this man standing here with a hood over his head and a cloak. And he yells, screams at him, who are you? To which the, the camera then pans down to behind the cloaked man. He removes his cloak to show a hammer in the holster with lightning surrounding it bam cut to black credits roll so that right there got me pumped yep and I saw when, when I saw that I was like okay that's perfect that's that's how, that's how you end it that's how you get saying I I have to play the next one and then they ruined it. <laughs> I do not what I do not like what they did. Yeah, it does feel a little bit like a weird pullback. Yeah, because after the credits, um, you 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 are back in your house, and now you are free to do whatever you want. But there is a couple of voice lines. Uh, Atreus says, wow, I just had a really weird dream. And Kratos is like, what's going on? He's like, he's like, I'm pretty sure Thor was here. And 
Ragnarok was starting and there was a storm and he was out in the front yard and it was crazy, but it felt really real. Like it was the future. And Kratos was like, well, we'll worry about the future tomorrow, boy. And that was it. Which I I assume is just the, the way to say, yeah, it's the only way to like logically allow you to play out the rest of the open world stuff and finish things off. Because if they had gone straight to Thor, like, it wouldn't make any sense to then kick you back into the world. I mean, they could have easily said, here's here's your save from uh, right before you fought Boulder. You know? I mean, they, they could have easily have done that. I feel like. Yeah, uh, yeah. They certainly could have. I, I would almost argue this is a little bit better than that because it keeps the continuity. You're not going back to an old save. You're just continuing. So, like, at least you know that the in-game characters have that sense of completion. Not that not that post credits open world item collecting really needs to have the characters in a particular mind state, but at least now I'm like, alright, these characters have completed the journey. Whereas if they kicked you back into the game, you're in a world where that hasn't happened yet. Sure. But so I, I don't like the pullback, but I in my mind, I was like, all right, it's a way to smooth over that awkward transition of kicking you back into a game that's 95% done. Yeah, I get it, but I'm just like – because here's my thing, and this is this is the thing that, that, that I, I want to see out of the second game, but it's not going to happen. Is that, gods. Oh, no, no, no. Is that what I really wanted to happen, and if they if, – if they – if they had the guts to do it, you pick up Thor Rag- not Thor Ragnarok as a movie. You, <laughs> you pick up God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. You pop in the disc, and it legit picks up right there when Kratos is like, "Who are you?" That would be one hell of a way to start a game. But they're not yes. going to do that. They're not going to do that. They're going to pick up three years later, a couple of days before Thor shows up, and they're going to ease you into the combat. They're going to give you the tutorial, and they're going to show you how you can break rocks to heal yourself. And Come on. Come on. But, but, man, would it not have been great to just pick up, bam, right there? It'd be really cool if they did that for those people who have a completed save or something like that. Right, if they know you're ready to go, pick it up just as you've described. And if you've never played God of War, give you the forty-minute tutorial, twenty-minute tutorial. I guess. I, you know, I'd, I'd love to see that and give you know, the best of both worlds. You don't want to throw unexpected newbies into it, but you know, I understand that. For those people who have seen that scene, they just want to jump right in. Yeah. It doesn't know. sound impossible. I doubt they'll do it, but yeah, there's no way they'll do that. But it could. It, it would have been awesome if they did. Yeah, agreed. Start with a bang. Start off with them waking up, just like storm brewing. The, you know, show that scene again, and then Kratos runs out there and starts fighting Thor. That's that would be a hell of a beginning to the game. But yeah, well. I guess we'll find out. Unfortunately, I won't find out for a while. (laughs) (laughs) 
I will neither, because apparently I can't find a PS5 anywhere. I don't know who I have to bribe, but I can't find one. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, th- did they say it's coming out in 2021? They did say 2021. Yeah. Uh, we do have an email. It comes in from uh, Jamie. It says, uh, Hi, guys. I've been really, li- I've been, it's been really fun listening to you play God of War, especially listening to you guess about what was going on. It was like Danganronpa all over again, but better because I knew the truth. <laughs> and apparently we definitely did not. No, at all. <laughs> when I played this game, I had no experience with the series, and I played it when I was super sick and home for several days. I think I played it from beginning to end in three or four days. I had, oh, nice. I had no idea what to expect, but now I think it's probably one of my favorite games this generation. I was obsessed with it playing pretty much all day. I don't know when the last time I did that was. One of my favorite things about the combat style was that there was something super satisfying about throwing my axe and then calling it back through a bunch of guys. Another thing I loved, and I'm not sure I've ever seen before, was the draining lake mechanic. It just seemed genius that you could finish portions then go back to them and have a whole new perspective of it with the water drained down. Yeah, that's nice. I'm impressed that you were able to take down a Valkyrie. I tried to take one take one on once and thought better of it. Uh, then I figured, who wants to kill a Valkyrie anyways? So I left the girls alone, called it solid- solidarity. Uh, so the Valkyries are actually corrupted and they want you to to kill them so it releases them yep just fyi <laughs> uh it's see. a bit it's a kind of satisfying you get that little once you do that the spirit gets released and they can now go yeah. to valhalla i think that's what it is yeah i think so i'm sure after you kill them all or beat them all they show up in the hall of valkyries if you ever saw that area yep yeah yep let's see here Uh, It was a little odd hearing Christopher Judge playing Kratos. Mm. It brought me back to watching Stargate when I was a kid and made me want to go watch it all over again. But honestly, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, except me, because it's quite literally my favorite show of all time, and I will never not have time for it. Well, there you go. As always, perfect timing on playing this game. I'm so excited to play the next one, even if we only got a teaser. Happy gaming, Jamie. Thank you for that email, Jamie. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting to hear that that other experience with it too, because you know, in all respects, that's what I expected to do with the game: is sit down and plow through it in a matter of days. And you know, for for such a a well regarded game and from a series that I really like, I just I never got to touch it till now, and I'm I'm really glad we we finally got to play through it. Absolutely. It's um. I, I guess the, the best way to do it would be um, just to go through like our, our final thoughts on the game. But I thought this was incredible. I think this game was superb. It was perfectly paced. Um, yep. it was, Especially given how long it was. Right? Yeah. Like this type of game isn't usually this long. Yeah. And in fact... In fact, other games in the same vein as this, if they were this long, would have overstayed their welcome. But because yep. of how quality this game is, I didn't mind it. 
and because of the kind of the emotional through line. I feel like a game, let's say you've got a 10-hour game that stretches to try to be this long, it's just going to be repetitive combat over and over again. And this game changes things up enough and it gives you enough rationale for the things that you're doing to override that. And you, you never really get that boredom, that repetition. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's telling because there's only a few games out there that while I'm playing it, I'm I, I'm sitting in my head saying, "Yeah, I, I want to 100% this. I want to get everything here." And it's I feel that way with this game. There's only been a few games out there that I've done that with. Infamous, like I absolutely loved the first Infamous. I did 100% of that game, got platinum trophy on it, everything. Um, there's only a few out there that I would do that for, and this is. I think I'm definitely... still missing like two trophies on that game. On Infamous, yeah. Oof, man. But um, but yeah, this this was absolutely fantastic, and the way they they kind of combined everything together made it you know canonical with with the yeah. original series is. Yeah, they didn't necessarily need to, but it was really cool that they did. Yeah. Absolutely. And they did such a fantastic job. It, it looks great. It plays great. It, it's so well acted. Um, this is one of the games of the generation. Without a doubt. Yeah, a- agreed. And Jamie mentioned that as well. So where where do you think it falls on your games of the generation? I mean, the the first question, which I assume is a no, is... How does it rank relative to Witcher Three? Um, man, and there may be—I I mean, we've played both of them recently, but you know, when you're in the highs of this game, so it—it it may be—it may be a um, a surprise to you, but anybody else who listens to the N4G podcast will know that my game of the generation is Overwatch. Um, yeah. Overwatch is one of the top four games in my entire life. And I assume number one based on hours spent? Yes. I have never played a game more than I have Overwatch. Ever. Yeah. Um, and this came out during a time when I had a girlfriend and then a wife. That's how much... I play Overwatch. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I couldn't put them in order, but I have my top four games of all time. That's Resident Evil 2, Metal Gear Solid, Diablo 2, and Overwatch. Funny enough, two of those are Blizzard games. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, no, this is easily top five. I think easily top five. In fact, I would say, Ooh, man, I really love Resident Evil two remake. I really love it. It's, that's, it's, I would say God of war, Resident Evil two remake, Witcher three overwatch are at the tops up there. Yeah. That's a pretty elite company. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, ooh, Doom 2016. That's a hell of a game right there. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, 
both both quality but also you know just for reinvigorating things i think yeah absolutely uh red dead redemption 2 while i haven't beaten it i've put a good amount of time into it that's that's pretty much up there too um Man, we're talking about we're getting into some heavy stuff here. Whenever we're talking about games of the generation, which this generation is about to end, so that is something to talk about, I guess. Hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Matt? Do you like this? Do you like God of War more than The Witcher Three? Uh, it's it's tough because they're so different. Um. You know, and and the emotion is better in this game. I think the polish is much better in this game. Um, Witcher Three is just a whole universe, and you know that that's amazing that you get it's so deep and it's so rich and there's so much to do. I I don't I don't know if I could pick one. Uh, so yeah, they, I mean they would. They, they would definitely be battling it out for two and three for me. For two and three? Yeah. For, for me, Horizon is number one in this generation, though. Really? Yep. I don't... Ooh, I'm going to make some people mad here, but I don't think Horizon <laughs> would even be in my top ten. I yeah. Didn't, I didn't hate it. But I most certainly didn't think it was the the be all end all. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. I don't know. For, for me, it was just a just a, a perfect blend of like the I I, I love the combat. I love the story. I love the exploration. So you know, in in some ways, I, you know, if I was going to even build it up, I would say you know it's got a lot of the best aspects of God of War and Witcher Three. You know, it's got some of the open world. It's got some of the emotion. It, it. I don't think it does. I don't think it does either of the things that God of War or Witcher Three does as well as they do it. But for me, it was just such a well-rounded package. But I mean, I, I think that you know, I, I, it's top three for me. I think. I could get that. I mean, it's not. It's not. It you know it's it's a personal opinion you know and my opinion is constantly wrong I've found out so <laughs> you know it it is what it is I just yeah. um well and, it, and it's amazing to have so many amazing games that you know you can have that kind of a discussion it's not like well you know you're sifting through the dregs here yeah there's some amazing games yeah that's true but um yeah it's just oh man. It's, this generation has been a hell of a generation. Like I, I never in a million years. Like if you'd asked me in tw- like early 2016, are you pl- are you going to buy Overwatch? And I would have looked at it and said, Oh, that's a first person shooter that you only play against other people. No, I'm not going to play that. That <laughs> the competitive first person shooter that died with Modern Warfare 2 with me. That's how long it's been since I played one of those. I didn't care about it. If it wasn't an RPG, I really didn't care if it or if it was like an action game. Like to be honest with you, I quickly became an RPG player like through my older years. Um, mm-hmm. and and the thing is, is like a lot of games are now starting to incorporate RPG elements into pretty much everything. So when I picked up Overwatch and I played that beta with Jay, 
I don't know what happened. Like I was just like, this is this is perfect. It, like it's Blizzard, and I talk about this all the time, and I'm sure there's people listening to this who are like rolling their eyes at me right now. <laughs> but I have to give it to them, and you and anybody out there knows this. You have to give it to Blizzard. They have made a damn near perfect game. A game that someone can sit down and play damn near every day. Same maps, same characters, same situations. And have a different experience each match. On top of that, matches are the perfect length. Never over probably 10 minutes long. It's a quick burst of fun. I can sit down and play three matches of Overwatch and feel satisfied. I can't do that with God of War. I can't put 20 minutes into God of War and feel satisfied. No, there's yeah. no way, you know, and I think that's what it is. It's like, it's like video game crack. <laughs> you get that hit and you keep coming back for more. And I'm telling you, man, Blizzard are one of the very few video game developers out there that know how to do that and do it right. And like, I don't like, I've never had anything bite me quite like overwatch has destiny came close. Destiny came damn close. I put about 250 hours into destiny. That's a lot of time, but overwatch I'm probably around six or seven hundred hours in Overwatch. Yeah, that's wild. That's insane to me. That's insane. That's insane to anybody. Like Ken, he's over a thousand hours. <laughs> he is. Like I, I like, and it, it. That's the thing. It's the same stuff. I, I. This is quickly becoming an Overwatch podcast. We need to stop. <laughs> Never heard you talk about Overwatch before. Though. Yeah, that was weird, right? It's just, but um, yeah, yeah, I mean, God of War was fantastic, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I, do, I don't know that I've ever played a game this polished and this tight and well produced, and you know, it it hits a lot of things better than any game ever has. I think. Yeah, absolutely. As, like, I, as much as we love The Witcher Three, Witcher Three still got some problems. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 been, it's been a continually step up one to two to three, but it, it's still got some. Some jank to it. Yeah, and here's the thing. Here's the big thing. We keep talking about games of the generation. We still haven't got Cyberpunk 2077 yet. That is an Xbox One and PlayStation 4 game. That is a game of this generation. And we have no idea about that one. Yep. Because that may very well be Overwatch. Who cares about Overwatch? Yeah, I somehow I don't see that. <laughs> I highly doubt it, but you know what? It may knock another one of these games off the list. Yeah, that's true. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, we're we're not over yet. We're not over yet. You know, I I don't know. I I almost would say that I don't necessarily need the next generation, right? I mean, some of these games are just unbelievably good. And uh, I'm I am really excited for all the things that we'll get and the bells and whistles and you know even just some of the the technical improvements and more games being paused at the same time. But 
if a game was never better than you know the four or five we've just talked about, I I'd probably be okay with that. I mean, I want variety, but as far as quality goes and and depth and I don't know all, all the things that go into making a good game. I you know I don't know. I'd, I'll be shocked if I see a game that tops these in the next couple of years, even with the next gen. Yeah, and I mean that's that's true. I mean, I'll be the first one to admit. I'm getting an Xbox Series X the day it comes out, but I guarantee you, almost every day, I'm going to be booting up Overwatch. Like, guaranteed. And it's just, you know, like, it just, it's it's quality, you know? You go back to the stuff that you love. Yeah. And I, I absolutely love Overwatch. I don't think I will ever get sick of that game. So, um, but yeah, um, our next game will be our Halloween spooktacular special. As it is now the 2nd of October. Yes, yes, we are recording on the 2nd of October, which means we are officially in Halloween mode. And, uh, yeah, we are decided to go with the sequel to the game we did last year, right? Uh, yeah. For Halloween? I think it was Halloween in December, right? Because no, no, no. Was it two years ago? It was two years ago because last year we did bad games. Two years ago, we did Dead Space 2. Yeah. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, dude. It's been two years. So now we're finally doing Dead Space 3. And not only are we doing Dead Space 3, we're doing it co-op. So Matt and I are going to be sitting down with each other playing this game. With each other, but not with each other. Yeah, in separate states. Due to COVID and also many, many geographical miles. Yes. Um, uh, we We can keep each other not infected here while we play Dead Space 3. Uh, so that's the that's our next game for our Halloween scary time. Don't know how scary Dead Space Three is. Um, we're gonna find yeah. out. It can't be that scary when you got another person with you, right? Yeah, I I don't expect. I I think yeah, I think just the actuality of having another person with you and the fact that they've structured the game that way, and because they. The first two were both pretty scary. I, you know, as I mentioned before we recorded, I think this is going to go the route of Resident Evil Five, and it's going to be more, a little bit more uh, guns blazing, ma- ma- macho, yeah, macho alien blasting rather than, rather than actually creeping along and being scared. Right. But what we'll see. I have not played almost any of this game, so yep. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Yeah. Me too. Me too. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to come up with a schedule to play. Um... But, I actually uh, loaded it up like the day after we finished Dead Space Two. I think. I I. Yeah. So here's what I did. I went through that god awful PlayStation Three store because we all got this for free <laughs> if you had PlayStation Plus. Um, and I downloaded the game. I then tried to boot the game. And it said you cannot play this. I said why? I had already had it installed on my PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> So I sat there through an install, 
And then it said I couldn't use that one because I already had it on there because I'm an idiot. So, yeah, uh, Death Space 3 has apparently been sitting on my PlayStation 3 hard drive for about four years. Waiting for this very moment. Yep. So, yeah. We're gonna... One other interesting note is that both of the animated movies, Downfall and Aftermath, are free to stream on Amazon Prime. Well, there you go. And you are going to do that, right? You're going to be... I'm going to do that this weekend. You're going to gear up for Dead Space. He's he's reading a comic book. He's reading, uh, I guess, lore into it. He's going to have notes and everything. Yeah, f- fully prepared. I, you know, it, it's been a while since we did two. And I haven't, to be totally honest, thought of Dead Space in a while before we, you know, before we were considering doing it. I've wanted to play it for ages, but I'm I'm not in the mental state yet. Other than always being kind of in a pseudo Halloween state, <laughs> uh, I you know I, I want to dive back in, and and part of this is because of how much I felt like the Star Trek movie reboot, how much more I loved that movie because I had read the four issue like prequel setup to the movie before watching the movie. It was just so tight. Maybe this will never achieve that level of of anticipation building and payoff when we're playing the game. I have no idea, but I want to at least give it a chance. That uh, sounds good to me. Then uh, I'm just going to play it. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll fill, uh, fill you in on the backstory. That works for me. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be it for us. I do appreciate everybody listening, and thank you for all those emails. Um, if you would like to send us an email about Dead Space or even about God of War if you want, um, it's uh, drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can also tweet to us. I am at Drew Leachman. Matt is at REMGS, and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to be it for us. Uh, we finished up God of War. I'm glad to finally get that off my plate. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, we're going to get out of here. Uh, but we will be back next week. Until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. You guys have a great week. Get ready. You know, we're going to decorate, put on your masks, put on your space suit, because we're going to dive deep into Dead Space 3.